from the vault. High atop the pastoral center of the Diocese of Camden, you're listening to Talking Catholic. Hello everyone, you are listening to Talking Catholic, the official podcast of the Diocese of Camden, the Catholic community of South Jersey. I'm Pete Sanchez, staff writer and social media coordinator of the Catholic Star Herald newspaper, and with me again is Mike Walsh, my co-host. Uh, he's the director of communications for South Jersey, the Catholic community of South Jersey. Um, Mike, how are you? I'm very well, sir. And yourself? I'm doing well. It is a cold day, and they're talking about snow here in the Northeast, in New Jersey, uh, sometime today. Yeah, but it's winter time, and uh, we should be getting that, and I'm okay with that. Yeah, it's a little bit warmer. Today it's probably in the 30s or 40s. Um, do you think people enjoy it when we do a weather forecast right before the in the beginning of the podcast? I don't know. Like, I've, I've been trying to listen back and see if we have like any eccentricities that come out as regular stuff. So, it, uh, folks, if you could please uh, let us know if there are any annoying little catchphrases or whatever that uh, we have, please, of, of course, send that to tom.oshea at camdendiocese.org. He's our complaint department. <laughs> So, uh, but yeah, no, I was just thinking about that the other day. I go, we don't have to do the weather every time. But you're absolutely right. It's a little warm today. And there is snow coming, and I'm very happy about it. Yes. And more so, importantly, the Eagles won last week. I was just going to say, we need an Eagles update. Yeah, uh, the, the update is I'm in, enthused. I'm overjoyed. Uh, the only way I could be happier is if I was a Vikings fan. That game was crazy. Yeah. I did see. I did not see the Eagles game, but I did see the end of the Vikings game. Did you also see, uh, getting, turning this back into a Catholic conversation, that there was a parish in Minnesota who uh, put out a social media advertisement? I wish I, I want to say it's St. Charles Borromeo Parish in Minnesota, but I'm not positive on that. Um, put out a social media graphic uh, afterwards saying, uh, for those of you who attended the game and made any promises, please know that Mass is on, these are the Mass times for Sundays. <laughs> that is awesome. <laughs> for, those, for those who were begging for a miracle. That it well, yeah, the miracle in Minnesota that came That's and that play was that play will be remembered. And I mean, I'm, there's the there's the uh, agony of defeat too on the other side with the Saints oh, player. Man, it's, I Fortunate, I mean, it's unfortunate, but uh, I was excited because one of our pastors, the, uh, the pastor at a parish in Sicklerville, huge Eagles fan, and I was thinking about him. He uh, he's diehard. I think he even was. I did a story on him, Father Michael Matvenko. I did a story on him a few years ago, where he was uh, actually on the Eagles ticket. His uh, he was all decked out in his Eagles gear. Oh, really? Yeah, kind so of in the does, background of like a group shot, like a crowd shot. I don't know if it was a crowd yeah. shot or if he just individually was on it, because I know he. When I think of him, when I think of the Eagles winning, I think of him because oh, yeah. I know he's diehard. Okay. And um, how many days until pitchers and catchers? It's coming up. It's about a month. I think it's not mid-February. I'm very excited. I, I think are. the uh, there's a lot of baseball. Well, a lot of the free agents are unsigned, which is unusual mm -hmm. right now. I think mm -hmm. uh, getting closer to spring training, you'll see at least in baseball a lot of these guys. Uh, okay. You know, okay, so we, we've done the weather report. We've done the sports report. Yes. Uh, we'll do the news later on when we bring our guest on. And he, uh, I think uh, well, now let's talk about upcoming events. Upcoming events. Mm -hmm. So, Mike, we have coming up uh, in about a week and a half, we have the Canada Diocese's uh, Winter Charismatic Retreat. That is going to be January 26th to the 28th. And it's uh, the theme is Discovering the Heart of St. Joseph, who was the man chosen by God to raise his son, Jesus. And this event is going to be in Lannisville, New Jersey, at Our Lady of Blessed Sacrament Parish. Sent, it's a parish center, uh, Lady of the Blessed Sacrament, uh, 601 Central Avenue. And uh, Father Ariel Hernandez, uh, the pastor of Our Lady of Blessed Sacrament, will be the uh, retreat master for that day. And again, that's, well, it's the weekend, January 26th to the 28th. Uh, it's hosted by the Diocese's Charismatic Conference. Uh, so for more information, uh, you can uh, go to www.camdencharismatic.org for more information. It uh, should be a good time. And, Mike, we got uh, the uh, individuals, the sisters, the Franciscan sisters of the Renewal, mm -hmm. who uh, are familiar to loyal listeners. They are holding uh, their first Saturday reflection at St. Michael Church in Atlantic City uh, on February 3rd. Saturday, February 3rd, from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. I went to, uh, Mike, I went to the Reflection in December. You went to the Advent Day of Reflection. Uh, Advent Day. I, I meant to ask you how that was. It was 
amazing. It was, I'm, I'm not going to lie when I say that it was life-changing. It really, uh, there, there were, it started with Mass and the talk by Franciscan Friar. Uh, and by the way, all these details that I talked about in December 1 are applicable to February. So when I say you, you'll get a Mass, you'll get a, a nice, inspiring talk by one of the Franciscan Friars. Uh, there'll be lunch, there's adoration, uh, confession, uh, there'll be music, uh, there's a rosary, a healing service, and benediction. Mm -hmm. It's just a wonderful time uh, to come. And, and what I'm excited about, Mike, is they'll be doing this every first Saturday. Mm -hmm. uh, so they have a whole schedule. So hopefully uh, I'm going to try to go every month just because I feel like my soul needs it right now. Especially uh, February 3rd, it is 11 days before the beginning of Lent. And the day before the Super Bowl. So if the Eagles are in, just getting it back to the sports commentary from before, it might be good to go to the day of reflection. I'm not even joking about that. I, I would, <laughs> the Eagles are in the Super Bowl. I mean, I would go anyway, but there might be even more of an impetus to go if, if that's the case. Well, but it, and it, but it's going to be held every first Saturday from February until June, correct? I believe so. Yeah. And they, they just uh, – and I don't know, Mike. I don't know if the sisters are Eagles fans because they come from all over. Uh, oh, yeah, they're from all, of, all over the United States. Yeah, but, from uh, like D.C. and from Florida and other. Even but I, I'm that. sure if uh, if it brought joy to us, they will be pleased that, uh, you know, the Eagles are, are bringing joy to us. I, I will not lie to you that uh, I may have made one or two prayers uh, at the end of the Eagles game uh, in, in, the last, in the last two minutes. <laughs> yeah, that goal line stand at the end. Yeah, that uh, – I'm not saying God was on our side. I don't think God picked – uh, choose his side, but um, somebody was listening to that prayer, and I really do appreciate it. Yeah, God you, grabbed man. God grabbed Julio Jones' leg and. Let's <laughs> <laughs> not mock the, the miracles, all right? Hey, listen, I know it's ridiculous, but this is what a sports fan and a uh, I, we've talked about this before. But of the four majors, I am, I probably am the biggest fan of the Eagles, and the fact that a Super Bowl has eluded us for 52 years is painful well, so you, uh I, you know I, I i fully admit that this is my own selfishness but you know i was you know my my prayers were quite honestly for the people of philadelphia to have hope that that a game like this could happen and that the good things are possible to philadelphia sports fans i'm not kidding it was that that was really what it was it wasn't please give us a victory it was please for the for the well-being of the people of philadelphia i know can, can you show us that that faith is good I mean, here. What, what do you think, Mike? I just want to play devil's advocate here. If the Eagles, what do you think would be better for them? If they lose the next game or if they go in the Super Bowl and lose that game? I mean, of course we want them to win at all. I want them to win at all. But what would be better for the city? If they had to lose, if God said you have to lose, would they pick the championship game at Minnesota or the Super Bowl? What, which one would be well, Both would be crushing. I think the Super Bowl would be worse. No, if, no, no, no. Because the, this game being played in front of a home crowd, so getting to yeah, see one more victory yeah, in your home place would be good. And then, you know, whatever happens in the Super Bowl, what happens in the Super Bowl? So, but, but, um, but anyway, but no, we, somehow we got the the cat. <laughs> we got <laughs> somehow we got the sisters into football. I don't know how we yes. did that, but the, I know we have one more news item before well, we bring in our guest. Well, before we, uh, the phone number for the oh, first Saturday reflection. It's all good. Um, call 609-343-1545. Uh, that'll be, uh, again, Saturday, February 3rd, 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. at St. Michael Church in Atlantic City, and that's part of uh, the parish of St. Monica. So, Mike, I'm excited to announce that uh, there's a, for the past couple months, I've been uh, on practicing on stage for this role. Uh, the Matter Ecclesiate Church in Berlin uh, has a dinner theater every year. And last year, Mike, I was a sound guy. And this year, I am in front of the stage. Wow. And so we've good. been practicing. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. Um, it's gearing up. Um, and the show is going to be called You Can't Beat the House. That's all I want to say about it. It's a farce. Uh, so come out. It's a, it's a clean show. It's good for the family. Um, uh, just but age is restricted. It, is this, a, is, this a, is this a scripted show or is this something of, of the parish's own creation? It's a scripted show. It, okay. it was written by uh, Pat Cook. Okay. So it is. Uh, it's a funny farce uh, comedy. Uh, we'll have you rolling in the seats. I, I like to roll in my seats. So. Yes, and it's uh, good food. Uh, we have a uh, dinner theater. 
Um, you can get a meal, you can get uh, the show, you get uh, dessert, and it's BYOB. Mm-hmm. So uh, from for uh, it's going to be held at Metaclasy Church's Bishop Demarzio Hall, two six one Cross Keys Road in Berlin, New Jersey, and it's going to be Friday, February 9th, Saturday, February tenth, and Sunday, February eleventh. And uh, to the curtain Friday, February 9th, and Saturday, February tenth. The curtain opens at seven thirty. Uh, dinner's at six thirty, and Sunday's a matinee. So the curtain's at two p.m. That's when the show starts, and dinner's at one p.m. I guess that would technically be lunch at 1. But they're saying dinner here. Uh, It's a dinner theater. So uh, tickets are just $25 each. Um, And there's age restriction for 12 and over. Um, For more information or to purchase your tickets, come see me and uh, introduce yourself. And, uh, you know, um, you can put a uh, face to the voice. Uh, For more information to purchase your tickets, Call Kathy DiLoretto at 856-596-7627 or email angel.kisses at comcast.net. So that would some, yeah, that's again February 9th to the 11th. Uh, say a prayer if you're not going to come. Say a prayer for me and the cast and crew. Uh, that this, uh, it, it, we're, we're having a lot of fun. I hope you all can make it. And I think that's a good segue, Mike, for our guest because she is from Matter of Clay's Age. Who is she, Mike? I, I've never met her before. I don't know who she is. I've never seen her before in my life. Oh, Pete, you're fibbing now. Uh, no, she is. Uh, well, she has a special place in all of our hearts because she's the mother of one of our favorite guests. Even though, even though our one of our favorite guests promised me that I wouldn't say that because you know that's how mothers and daughters are, I guess. But no, Mary, this is we have on uh, Mary McCusker's mother, Tracy McArdle. Uh, Mary, don't yell at your mom. That was me who did it. She was totally cool. But uh, but no, we haven't because we're this episode is uh, particularly dedicated to uh, the Right to Life movement uh, with the idea that the march is coming up on this Friday, which both you and I are going to be at, right, Pete? You're going to yes, be down there, I'll right? Yes, I'll be there going with Matter Ecclesia. You'll be going with the Matter Ecclesia folks, and I'll be uh, taking a combination of my car and the metro down because I'm a glutton for punishment uh, and waking up later than having to get a, the bus to, down to DCS. I know, I realize that's, that is true. But I'm also going to be down there later because I have a few things to, to do afterwards, so I can't really take a bus. But um, no, we have Tracy McArdle with us, who uh, is the mother of Mary, uh, Mary McCusker and a uh, good friend of the show and a, a listener from... Uh, as we know and um she has a great unique sort of background and i thought she'd be a, a good person to have on as we were going into it uh tracy and i have run into each other a couple of times most noticeably in front of prayer vigils uh in front of uh the women's center at the in cherry hill um but uh her her connection to the right to life movement goes back many years and welcome on to the podcast tracy. well thank you very much I, it's a pleasure to be here um, thank you, uh, and thank you for coming into our vault. I, I know it can look rather imposing, but uh, I promise it's you're, you're in a safe place. Here. Right, a little claustrophobic, <laughs> especially that big heavy metal door that slams closed. Nah, it's gonna be fine. So you're a, you're a native of the area, right? You grew up in Olney. Yes, I am a uh, Row House Philadelphia kid uh, from St. Helena's Parish in the Northeast Philadelphia, the oldest of uh, four girls. And I went to Cardinal Doherty High School in Philadelphia and okay. uh, College of St. Elizabeth up in, in North Jersey. Oh, okay. Uh, and, uh, okay. And I, I graduated and I had visions of becoming the female version of Jacques Cousteau. It was back in the 70s. <laughs> so I oh. went to work for a uh, marine science research laboratory yeah. uh, that connected with the New York Aquarium uh, up in, in, in uh, New York, in Brooklyn. Did that for a couple of years. Um, Got married, and then um, we spent the first, within a, a month of us getting married, we spent the first three years of our marriage in the Fiji Islands as Peace Corps volunteers. Mm-hmm. Uh, we lived uh, with, in a thatched thatch hut, no indoor plumbing, no electricity. Um, we uh, taught science and, and English, and um, when we got out, we cashed in our plane tickets home, and we traveled all throughout Southeast Asia. And the highlight of that trip, of course, was we got to do a little volunteer stint at Mother Teresa's home for the destitute dying, mm. and actually got to meet Mother Teresa, wow. which was uh, was quite a thrill. Quite a thrill. You know, let me let me let me go back a little bit just to talk about your background a little bit. Um, so, what what brought you into the Peace Corps? Like, what what was it at that time of your life that said? Uh, 
this is where we need to go now. Well, we wanted to travel, and we were broke. So, <laughs> That'll do it. Okay. Uh, you know, see the world. It was either, I guess, the military or the Peace Corps. And uh, Fiji sounded like a pretty good option. Really? And, uh, so it was, it was a delightful time. And we actually went back two years ago and got, for the first time after 40 years, wow. back to our old school, back to meet some of our students who are now oh, 50 years old. And uh, some of our friends, villager friends, were still there. So it was, uh, and we got to bring our girls with us. So they got to see what our life was like for the first three years of our marriage. Wow. Were they truly impressed? They were. Yes, mm -hmm. yes, they were. <laughs> and if I'm not mistaken, I think you inspired uh, Mary a little bit. She uh, didn't join the Peace Corps, but she ended up uh, being a uh, English teacher in South Korea, correct? They, they were kind of in the same situation as we were. Uh, both she and her sister, Kelly, wanted to travel and see the world. And we said, that's well, but it's not going to be on our dime, so figure it out. <laughs> and uh, they, they were teachers in South Korea and did the same thing, saved traveled through Southeast Asia after their stint, and also got to volunteer a short while in the same home for the destitute dying uh, at Mother Teresa's house in Calcutta. And uh, it, it, was, it gave us such joy to know that they had kind of walked in our footsteps uh, through, through all of these countries. So it was, it was very nice. You know, uh, speaking of Mother Teresa's homes, uh, that had to be a very unique experience from for someone from the states. And obviously, you've been in Fiji for three years. You you've probably seen what there is to see in Fiji, and it's has, certainly has its own troubles. But I have to imagine that uh, Mother Teresa's homes were, were an eye opening experience. There, there's nothing you could do to to describe um, what you saw. In some ways, it was horrifying, but in other ways. It was incredibly loving to see the sisters every day go out into the streets and pick up dying people. At that time, they were dying from leprosy, from tuberculosis, from syphilis, and carry them back to these very simple cots all lined up in a row at the home just so that these individuals could die in the embrace of somebody. Uh, to die with dignity and to, to die with love. And these sisters loved every one of these uh, folks that were there. Wow. How, how, how long were you there? In the, in the Not season? a long time, mm -hmm. um, but we, we, wanted, we wanted to have that experience. It was uh, probably only about a week, but it just happened to be a week when Mother Teresa was in town wow. and um, you know we got to meet her there and to go to mass with her at the mother house mm -hmm. so you leave there and you come back to the states we come back and we're not quite ready for real life yet so what do does one do when they're really not ready to jump into real life they go to graduate school <laughs> so we went from the tropics of Fiji to the tundras of Ann Arbor, Michigan, at the University of Michigan, where Bill got his MBA and I got my uh, master's in, in public health. And after that, we finally did come back to our roots here in, in the South Jersey, Philadelphia area. And I started working for the Atlantic County Health Department. And uh, after a couple of years, I was fortunate enough to uh, become the director of the health department. And the first female appointed to the position of county health officer in the state of New Jersey. Wow. And the youngest uh, ever to be appointed in Atlantic County. Wow. So it was, it was a very good career. I, I loved it. Um, but now that I'm retired, I have the opportunity to enjoy my, my two other passions, and that's pro-life work and school choice advocacy. Wow. Okay. Well, you know, that leads us directly into what we're talking about today. You know, um, when I was a kid, uh, around 13, I, I attended my first march, and the march is coming up in just a few days. Uh, it's, I, I'd, I'd like to think of it as, obviously, the Right to Life movement is far larger than just the march, but I, I, I kind of feel it's like the signature moment. So if we could just talk about that for, sure. for a few minutes. Sure. And, and Pete, how many times have you been down? Down, I started when I started at the paper. That was my first one, so I've probably been at least eight or nine times. Okay, so well, I went, I went when I was thirteen as part of the Squires and the Knights of Columbus, and then I went down for the first, uh, only the second time in my life last year, and sort of being able to look at those two experiences, um, I was amazed at how 
similar they were, how excited I got, how wonderful it was to see that many people together. I, I often will say, you know, seeing that many Catholics, but it's not just Catholics. It's, it's across the spectrum of faith, faith and into the secular world. Um, yeah. So for you, you know, what really kind of, what, what, well, I I would say the uh, just for for background, if uh, any of your listeners are unaware, um, this Friday the 19th is the 45th uh, uh, March for Life, and it commemorates the 45th anniversary of the landmark Supreme Court decision Roe v. Wade, which in essence legalized abortion in every state across the country. Um, I I would say to your listeners, if you have never gone down to a March for Life in D.C., go at least once. Get down there at least once. It is an extraordinary experience. Uh, You know, you're standing there, and and while it's it's very sad in a way in that you're commemorating the millions of innocent children that that, uh, died as a result of abortion, there's something very inspiring and very uplifting about it. I mean, you're standing there on the mall amidst hundreds of thousands of people, and the energy is just electrifying, and you're all there giving witness to the fact that that every human life has purpose, has value, and, and, and every life, it, it, living is just not for the, the, the um, planned or the privileged, or the perfect. It's for everyone, for as long as God wills it. So uh, it's, it's a very um, joyous time in a, in a way as well. Um, so, you know, I would again in, encourage, there, we actually still have a few spots on our bus at Mater Ecclesia. There are several other buses. And, um, you know, think about going down at least once. No, it's it's... Just to dovetail on what you said, it, it's something to be seen. You're, you're absolutely right. It's it is a it is a solemn occasion, but in that in the solemnness of it, there's great joy that we're all together. Yes. And and, the, and what is truly amazing, and Pete, I think you'll agree with me about this, is how many young people are there. Yeah, it's, it's a majority. The majority is young people. Yeah, it's it's yeah. very hopeful. It seems to me in the past couple of years. You, were, I was going to say that earlier, Mike. It seems. Uh, the past couple of years, it's been a youth movement, and it's amazing to see. Uh, I've gone with youth in the past, and to see they're they're so on fire yeah. for yes. uh, for it's just it's really beautiful to see it's the young church that uh, and it's uh, taken to stand. Yeah, right. and that's really, that's what gives me hope. Yeah, it's one thing for us who have sort of been through the battles a little bit to to, to go, but to see these young people there who, I mean. I'd like to believe their formation is strong enough so that they know this, but you know this is integral to them to, yeah. to see so many people together striving for a for a similar goal that is is so pure in its its desire to to protect others, you know. And you know, I, I think for the uh, travelers from South Jersey from the diocese of Camden, one of the highlights the last couple of years, every year has been after we trudge all the way up that Constitution Hill, up the hill. At the very top of it, at the corner of Constitution Avenue and, naturally, New Jersey Avenue, there waiting to greet us is Bishop Sullivan with his warm smile. And I can't tell you how much we, as pilgrims down there, appreciate that. We feel very encouraged and very supported, very supported by our bishop. And I just found out today that he'll be joining the march again this year. Mm -hmm. So uh, all of you from the Diocese of Camden, as you trudge up Constitution Hill there, uh, Constitution Avenue, make sure you look for Bishop Sullivan. Yep, he'll be, uh, I was with him last year. We usually park on the left side of the street. So look to your left as you're getting the intersection of uh, Constitution in New Jersey, just about when you get up to the uh, 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 Congress. Just look to your left, and uh, there will be. And uh, I'll be the big bearded guy next to him, but you won't miss him. He'll have his uh, green Irish uh, Irishman's hat on, and uh, more than likely, uh, will Father Romano will be next to us, and I believe uh, uh, Michael Lasky will be uh, nearby. And you might even see a couple of photographers hanging around just uh, taking pictures. And by all means, uh, if when you're there, uh, he'll be there to take pictures as well. So if you want to get your picture taken with a bishop, uh, and by and I don't mean if you want to, I mean he's going to want you to get your picture taken with him because he loves being down there he loves seeing everybody he really takes a great deal of joy into it i i think this is one of the things he really likes 
doing since coming to our diocese is being able to be a part of this. Uh, he'll actually be there. He has a meeting in town the day before. So we're staying overnight just so he can stay down there and, and greet all of us when we get there. So by all means, come by and say hi. He'll, he'll get a kick out of it. And you'll get a kick out of it. Yeah. I don't think we saw you last year. I think you guys had to leave early before you could make it to. Uh, yeah, we, yeah, to we. The, the group I was with in uh, that I went with the youth group. Uh, it just got to be the timing. We needed to catch a bus at a certain time, yeah. and I remember we were on Constitution Ave, and we uh, were making our way, and then finally, just like we had to take a little side street before New Jersey. I forget which one, and then uh, we just made it to the bus. So uh, unfortunate. Uh, I hope to see him this year. Yeah. Well, Pete, your absence was noted. <laughs> oh, Mostly no. right now, but yeah. <laughs> oh, great. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. The, um, no, no, it's it's a great event, but it's really, it's, it's a spotlight of a much larger conversation. So, you know, what brought you into the Right to Life movement? Well, um, in kind of an odd way, to be honest with you. Um, many years ago, when our two girls were, were little, we were parishioners of St. Mary's in Sherry Hill. And um, we had been peripherally involved in different activities with, with the church, but, you know, nothing real substantive. And we, my husband and I always felt that uh, God was asking us to do something more, something meatier, something more significant, but we really didn't know what that was. So we prayed about it for a while, and then one day after Mass, uh, we came outside and an elderly couple approached us and they said, we've been watching you two at Mass uh, for a long time now and your darling little girls and we've decided that you're the ones. So Bill and I are looking at each other like, oh boy, what's this going to be about? And they explained that they had been leading up the pro-life group at St. Mary's for many, many years, but as they said, we are just too old and too tired to do this anymore. And we just need some young, energetic couple to take over the reins. And we know that you guys are it. So here's a folder of information and good luck to you. And they walked away. So Bill and I looked at each other and said, well, I guess this is God's answer. And uh, we did. We, we, we took at the reins of the pro-life group at St. Mary's. And then when we um, became parishioners at Mater Ecclesiae in, in Berlin. Um, I eventually became the coordinator there, and uh, I know you put in a plug for our dinner dinner show, and that's great. We're looking forward to see Pete, star of stage and screen, after being behind the uh, the curtain oh. for, for last year. Well, I just uh, have to say, funny, that thing, sorry, sorry to cut you off, but I just have to say that uh, one of the cast members told me to, uh, for my character, Watch Desi Arnaz and I Love Lucy. <laughs> so, um, okay. Yeah. And uh, I, I do have a Cuban connection with them because my great grandfather actually delivered him in Cuba. Oh, so, really? I didn't realize yeah, that. Oh, yeah. That's and cool. so, um, fun fact about Speed yeah, Sanchez. Yeah. So come to me and maybe I'll just have Ricky Ricardo in my head and I'll, a Cuban accent will <laughs> thrown out there. But I'm, I'm excited. And you help out with the dinner theater too. Yes, I'm, yes. You're always so, you help out in the kitchen. Well, and, we like the, the different uh, groups at Mato Ecclesia. We try and help each other out. So the Mato Ecclesia Pro-Life Apostolate helps with the dinner and they help with uh, various pro-life activities. And for those of you that don't know Mato Ecclesia, um, we celebrate the uh, extraordinary form of the Mass, in other words, the Latin Mass. All of our Masses are in Latin. In fact, all of our rituals and and our sacraments are in Latin. And if you've never never experienced uh, the the absolute beautiful liturgy and the sacred music and the the bells and the smells of a Latin Mass, I would <laughs> certainly encourage you to uh, to come and come to our High Mass every uh, ten thirty every Sunday, just just for the experience of it. It's 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 truly extraordinary. Got my little plug in there for nice. <laughs> you're you're, you're amongst friends guys. here. I, I uh, back in the day I used to go to Mater Ecclesia with some uh, regularity, and it was my first introduction to the Latin Mass, and mm-hmm. I was completely blown away by it. So whenever there's a an occasion, I do try to get over there, just because it's it's particularly for younger people, it's an experience you don't get to see very often. It's not celebrated with great regularity anyplace else in the world, for exactly. that matter, so that we have a parish dedicated to it. It's it's definitely something to see, and people come far and wide to, to oh, attend yes. Mass there. 
You, I mean, you don't have to. Uh, we're not a geographic parish, and you can hold dual citizenship, as they say, where <laughs> you can be registered as a parishioner in your geographic parish, but also can be uh, registered at Mater Ecclesiae. And mm-hmm. um, we're, we're very blessed to have the parish there, and we're very blessed to have the support of the bishop and the diocese as mm-hmm. well. Yeah, and Father Paisley is uh, quite a good uh, pastor there. He's and he's a great saxophone player too. <laughs> I did not know that. That is yes. interesting. Yes. Wow. He was a mummer, I think, at one point. Get out. Wow. In fact, no our St. Patrick's Day social, he usually comes with the Polish string band in place. <laughs> that now, is something to Now, know. Pete, you were asking for us to do a, uh, a promo podcast just on the, uh, on the show that's coming up in February. I think you did, you're double dipping now. I, I think am, I think we am. I'm just gonna say that I think this I don't is think we could, uh, We were gonna give you guys an entire show in in early February, but now that too bad. I already done it. Well, I done the promo piece. Well, the next year we're gonna start planning for the next. Uh, okay. But yeah, my, my my experience with them goes back to uh, I go to the Christmas Eve uh, um, mass with them with my family. Beautiful. The, the carols were gorgeous and. Uh, beforehand, and the mass was beautiful. Uh, my father is a my father is a, he uh, enjoys the Latin rite, but uh, unfortunately, distance and travel it uh, got tough for us. Uh, we've stopped that tradition, unfortunately. But I try to, you know, with the play, and uh, I've even because of this uh, try to make a trip out there about once a month to go to the high mass. Isn't that great? Yeah. And and, just, and don't be intimidated. I would tell your listeners. I mean, most of us don't know Latin, but the missiles have the Latin on the left and the English on the right. Yeah. And uh, the, the prayers are beautiful, mm-hmm. even in their English form. So you get to see the beautiful liturgy, but you 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 don't you feel that you are very participative mm-hmm. uh, in following along with the English. Yeah. I would agree. And as a person who enjoys pomp and circumstance, that alone makes it worthwhile to sing. But it really is. It's it's seeing the mass, um, the mass in a different form, which it's another way of sort of connecting with our with our faith. So and, certainly and, and with the with with our ancients. I mean, mm-hmm. this is the way that mass is, was celebrated for centuries and yeah. centuries. So yeah. and, and for those of us who are about my age, uh, celebrating the mass like our parents did. Back yes. in the day, <laughs> Jack will never. My son will never have that experience. Except, well, it's not a good experience twice. But um, the uh, so anyway, to get back to the right to life though. So they throw a folder at you and say, "You're it, kid. You and the you and the husband go get it." <laughs> so and you threw yourselves into it and um, sort of you know, how long did it take you to really sort of get up to speed with? You know, it, it's uh, it's not that hard in, in all honesty and. Our pro-life uh, apostate at Mater Ecclesiae often serves as a resource for other parishes that are trying to get a pro-life group started. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that we, and we, we go out and we meet with them, we have a cup of coffee and we give them materials and we give them ideas. And one of the main things that we say to them is, there are lots of things that you can do in a parish that don't cost a lot of money. Some things are even free and are not that labor-intensive even. Um, So, again, don't be intimidated in thinking you're going to have to spend a whole lot of time and a whole lot of money uh, to get involved. Uh, At at Mater Ecclesiae, we have kind of a multi-pronged approach, some more elaborate than others, but uh, of course at the center is, is prayer. And we, for example, encourage our parishioners to participate in the annual 40 Days for Life program. Um, This is a nationwide program. Uh, Here in the Camden Diocese, uh, we do this, the 40 Days of uh, Doing Advent. We just finished up one one campaign where um, people are asked to uh, pray peacefully, Uh, just prayerfully outside of the Cherry Hill Women's Center, which is the abortion clinic on Kings Highway. And we ask people just to sign up one hour a week for those six six weeks uh, to to pray. Uh, And this is another place where I must say, since Bishop Sullivan has come to our diocese, he has come out to our 40 Days program every year. And again, we feel so supported 
um, so encouraged to have him there with us, leading us in the rosary, praying not just for the women, but for their babies, for their families, for, for the workers uh, in there. And, and lives have been turned around. Yeah. So, um, you know, that we, we really appreciate that aspect. Um, we also uh, try and keep our parishioners informed of legislation uh, that's important related to pro-life, uh, particularly in New Jersey. Uh, what comes up almost every year or every legislative session is the assisted suicide bill that we really have to fight back with postcards and letter writing and phone calls. So we try and engage our parishioners uh, with that. Um, we do fundraising activities for pro-life groups and a perennial favorite is the uh, Baby Bottle Project, which we do oh, yeah. in conjunction with the Knights of Columbus. And uh, some of you out there may be familiar with that, where uh, at Mother's Day, we give parishioners an empty baby bottle. They spend that month filling it with cash and coins. And then on Father's Day, they bring it back, not just with coins, but hopefully with checks as well. <laughs> and then we take that money and give it to one of several local um, pregnancy resource centers, crisis pregnancy centers in, in our community. And everybody gets involved. They, the kids love it. Uh, the family loves it. Uh, so that's, uh, again, not, not a lot of resources. And, uh, you know, for the cost of going to the dollar store and getting some, some you know, dollar baby bottles, it's, it's, not a, it's not a lot to do. You know, you used a word that um, sort of rung in my head a little bit and I use the word intimidated not necessarily intimidated of being active but you know in this very secular world we live in where abortion rights are touted all over the place um, I know some people are uncomfortable not not that they're uncomfortable in being pro-life but being but perhaps being publicly pro-life going to a, a prayer vigil in front of a, an abortion clinic or or the, the life chain uh, through the middle of their town taking part in one of those. How do you encourage people and sort of bolster them to, to, be, to be a public example of the Right to Life movement? Well, it, it's, it's funny that you would say that because um, one of the other things we do with our pro-life group, we have a special focus on youth. And um, over the years, we actually developed a program geared towards junior high, high school, um, you know, young adult groups to deal precisely with that, uh, to help them uh, come up with the, 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 the confidence and the facts to be able to respond courageously when they get those tough questions, and they will get them just like we get them. Things like, I think a woman has a right to do what she wants with her own body, or, you know, uh, don't push your religious views on me, or what about rape or incest? And there are good answers, but sometimes, it, you know, you just have to be able to kind of help people um, put articulate that. And um, we have actually... Um, done this presentation in a number of the, the high schools in the diocese and youth groups. Uh, it's been very well received. We always like to invite parents as well, just so they feel comfortable with what we're talking to their kids about. And I've had even adults come up to us afterwards and say, gosh, you really helped me. I learned a lot myself. And now I feel a little bit more comfortable when I, when I hear my, you know, Uncle Eddie say blah, 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 blah. Um, it, it was so successful that we actually got a few people to say, well, can you give us a program for little kids for grade school? And that was a bit more challenging because obviously you want to be a, very sensitive to, you know, the issues and information. And we really geared that around the idea that um, every human being has value, whether you're strong or weak, rich or poor, planned or unplanned, and we have little crafts that go with it. And um, I would say if anyone is, is interested in us coming out to do this presentation for a, a youth group that you have or scouts or whatever, feel free to give me a call and we can, we'll be glad to, glad to do it. Uh, my phone number is 856 856-816-4907. 856-816-4907. And, you know, in addition to being able to call you, are there online resources for people to use to, to sort of learn more? I think if you uh, Google um, 
pro-life answers to pro-abortion, you know, questions or statements. Um, there are lots of national groups that, um, you know, really give you some good tools yeah. to, to, to help you answer. Come to think of it, I think the organizers of the Right to Life, the Life March, uh, their website's particularly good as well. And the 40 Days for Life, there's yes. a 40 Days for Life And Catholic website. Answers, yeah. they also oh, do yeah. a very nice job yeah. uh, with that so, sort of thing. We don't need to feel alone out there as, as right. right to lifers. I, I tell people all the time, it's it's a real simple thing. It's it's not, I mean, there are things that are complicated in, in the Right to Life movement, certainly. I don't mean to, to suggest that that's not the case, but the actual answer is quite simple. Um, we don't get to kill people. Okay. It's as simple as that. There's no killing. Well, it's, uh, it's not our purview. It's oh, That's God's purview, not ours. And I think one of the hopeful signs, and we talked about it earlier when we talked about the march, is young people. If you look at the, the surveys or the polls now, this younger generation is far more pro-life than, than the older generations. And when I go out and talk to some of these young folks, um, they, they come up and they say to me, you know, your generation maybe was fooled, your parents' generation were, were fooled, but we're not fooled. We know. We've seen the ultrasound pictures. We've yeah. studied about DNA and, and know that, you know, from the moment of conception, that, that, uh, that, that uh, child has unique DNA, different from its mother, different from its father. We're not fooled anymore. We know. Yeah. We know that that's human life. Yeah. And that's encouraging. Yeah. And, the, and the right to life movement, as you pointed out, is not just abortion policies it's runs the gamut from creation to grave the uh you know it's uh, no capital punishment no 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 death of any no euthanasia not, none of that it, it all falls under this right to life movement correct uh correct yes uh, the, the um one of the things that drives me nuts is uh and you've probably seen these kind of memes on facebook and that's of course when i go like explode on there when i publish <laughs> Um, you know, those memes that say, oh, pro-life people only care about babies in the womb. They don't care after the babies are born. They're not pro-birth or, or they're just pro-birth but not pro-child. -pro Nothing could be farther from the truth. Nothing. I think pro-lifers are some of the most kindest, generous, most charitable people you could possibly imagine. I look at pro-life organizations such as the helpers of God's precious infants down here in our area. Um, they, um, they are the ones that organize the 40 Days for Life program at, at, at Cherry Hill. And they're very skilled at talking to women who are considering abortions there. And um, anyone that says that abortion is a choice has never looked into the eyes of these women when they are curious or distraught and they come over and they talk to us. We usually pray, we let the helpers do the talking. But they don't really do so much talking, it's listening. They say to these women, obviously there's something going on in your life that is terrible and, and causing you great you know, uh, distress for, to, for you to be considering to go inside there and, and you know, to, to terminate your child. What's going on in your life? Mm -hmm. And these women, they open up to the helpers, and the helpers say, we will help you. And it's not just a one-shot, we will help you. We will stick with you until you get your life back in order with this child. So they will help them with housing needs, help them find jobs, help them finish their education, get them into drug treatment, drive them to to um, uh, doctor's appointments, whatever it takes, they stay with those women until they and their family are back up and on their feet uh, and, and ready to be you know, self-sufficient, productive uh, you know, members of society. Unlike places like Planned Parenthood that kind of take you in, do the abortion, take your money, and you're, and you're out the door until your next yeah. crisis. And they try and tell you that this is going to solve all your problems, and, and it doesn't. It yeah. just doesn't. Yeah, yeah. Um, That's, you know, taking, seeing that holistic view, I, I think people miss that a lot. Because it doesn't come up in the argument. Right. So you don't exactly. see that in the debates, in political debates. It's not that. It's everything else. That's why it's good to 
That's why it's good to have podcasts like this, actually. Have a conversation, yeah. a long-form conversation where you, where you can talk about this a little bit exactly. more. You know, there were two things uh, you wanted to talk about while we were still on the podcast. 2020? Oh, yes, yes the 2020 Vision uh, Campaign. I just wanted to alert your listeners if they haven't already heard about it. Um, this is a statewide effort to ban late-term abortions by the year 2020. Um, it has really uh, brought together in synergy virtually every pro-life group, archdiocese, diocese in, in, in New Jersey, to try and uh, ban, ban late-term abortions as a first step in ending all abortions. And by late-term, uh, we mean the uh, post-20-week gestation. And the reason for that is that... Uh, increasing body of, of science and research is showing that by 20 weeks in the womb, um, the nervous systems have developed well enough in the fetus that they feel pain. And so they likely are going to feel tremendous pain by any abortion procedure. And, and this is something that, again, polls have shown uh, American people can, can support. They, they can support bans on late-term abortion. They are, most Americans do not want abortion on demand all nine months. And many are surprised that in New Jersey, it is legal all nine months until the, the child is born that you could, you could have abortion. So um, the, the 2020 project, in, again, involves a prayer component where um, Catholics are asked to arrange for a mass for the protection of the unborn and their families. Um, the goal is to have 2,400 masses by the end of this year. They're well on their way. And besides the efficacy of the mass, um, it also is a form of evangelization because everyone who hears that mass intention or sees it in the bulletin, it's a reminder that children in the womb need to be protected. It's a reminder of the humanity of, of, of those children. Um, there's a, obviously a legislative component as, as the, num the different uh, groups, particularly New Jersey Right to Life, work with legislators to, to try and get a bill moving forward to ban these abortions, late-term abortions. And then there's a, a marketing component, and they're doing that largely through a logo. And if you haven't seen it, maybe hopefully you're going to see more and more of it around here in the South Jersey area. It's a little baby's uh, footprint in, in blue. And the idea behind this, if I said to you guys, if you saw a car magnet with a pink ribbon on it, what do you think of? Uh, breast cancer? Breast cancer yeah, awareness. Yeah, yeah. If you see puzzle pieces on a car magnet, do you know what that's about? Autism. Autism yeah. awareness. If you see a paw print, animal rescue, yeah, yeah, animal yeah. rights, right? <laughs> well, we want to make this baby's print magnet footprint magnet as ubiquitous and as understandable as these other magnets as a way again to just continue to build public support for for ending abortion so i i, I actually have some addition extra um, magnets if anyone uh, would like them we we sell them for two bucks each um again give me a call at 856-816-4907 or you can go right to uh, babiesinthewombfeelpain.com, and that will connect you right with the, uh, the the website, and you can get more information about it. Thank you very much. So, I did I didn't know about that. I love I love the idea of the, the uh, car magnet. Yeah, that's fantastic. And I have one more if I can mm -hmm. put it in. Sure, Do you have enough time? No, plenty of time. Um, one of the most powerful images down at the March for Life each year are. Dozens and dozens of women, all, all ages, all carrying signs. And the sign says, silent no more. These are all post-abortive women who, over the years, have suffered in silence, uh, just feeling, just terrible feelings of regret, uh, being distraught, uh, depressed, any, any number of of feelings that never left them, even if their abortion was decades old. So they come to the march every year, not just to say, I'm not going to be silent anymore, and you need to know that abortion doesn't end your problems. It really doesn't, that you live with, with an emptiness for so long. But they're also there to offer hope. Many of these women have found peace 
and have, have found forgiveness really through what's called Project Rachel. It's a national uh, uh, organization that helps post-abortive men and post-abortive women really uh, find peace and find forgiveness. And I would encourage uh, anyone out there who has uh, had the effects of, of abortion, whether you be a, a woman or a man, to, to go online and uh, they, you can call them and talk to them. They provide uh, very confidential um, conversation with you. They have information and materials. They also sponsor retreats, weekend retreats, Rachel's Vineyard. I'm not aware of any in our immediate area, but I'm sure if you go online, you will find uh, upcoming retreats in the tri-state area. Thank you very much. That's excellent. It's, it's always good to know that, you know, we... The right to life movement is actually very person-centered. You know, the, the right to life argument always seems to be very detached, usually between political figures. But when you get down to our level, you realize that these are real people going through real struggles that, that need help. This is not just exactly. You know, this is far more than just aborting a baby. This is taking care of a family. Um, yeah. And I, I think when people get to hear. These kinds of stories, they, they get, a, get a broader idea of what the Right to Life uh, movement is. Now, unfortunately, you won't be down at uh, the march this Friday. Right, the first time in more than a decade yeah, I'm having surgery, unfortunately. But, but you... I will be with you all in spirit. <laughs> That's, and, well, I'm uh, watching you on EWTN. <laughs> <laughs> Keep an eye out for all of us. The um, well, We know we know that you'll be looking after us in spirit. We certainly appreciate that. And, uh, and if anyone um, has more questions about the Right to Life movement, by all means, you can contact myself. You can contact uh, Pete and contact Tracy. She's given out uh, her uh, her uh, phone number. Plus, you, we, the uh, Life and Justice Ministries of the Diocese also deals with Right to Life. So certainly reach out to uh, Michael Jordan Lasky as well. So we're all here to uh, be of support. Well, thank so. you so much. And thank you to Talking Catholic for giving me this opportunity to talk pro-life yeah no this is fantastic when when the topic came up we were like uh, you were my number one person on the list to have you come in so so there you go well thank you very much for joining my us pleasure. and uh everyone else thanks for listening and pete uh i hope you have a good march hope we'll run into each other oh and that's the other thing in addition to ewtn by all means check out the catholic star herald social media and the diocese of camden social media where we'll also be posting in real time from from the march yeah, so uh yeah you'll see hopefully you'll see some some of our locals down there and uh i know i'll be doing interviews and posting up some video are you planning on doing it this time or are you gonna go I'm, straight uh i'm thinking about text? doing some interviews yeah okay putting some video putting some uh stuff so it'll be fun hopefully uh we run to each other, Mike, and, and yeah, say hello. Say hello yeah. if uh, we see the bishop. So, And if you can't make it down this year, uh, I'm sad to say that I'm sure this march will go on for a few more years at least. So by all means, uh, you have uh, another couple of years. But let's hope that someday it, uh, it's a victory march will be our last Amen. march. Thank so you. thank you very much, everybody, and uh, have a great day. Yeah, see you in D.C.